Hey everyone, it's John Kerwin here and I'm really excited as this is my podcast called Open Minded. This podcast is interviewing inspirational people from all walks of life. You know, I want to give you the real stuff that's happening every day in the minds of these leaders, how they stay well in high pressure roles, how they build resilience in themselves, how they look after their people, and how can you invest in yourself and your people to do mental well-being well. So this is JK and this is Open Minded. So let's go. Welcome everyone. I'm so excited about today because um, being anxious and anxiety is something I'm pretty passionate about not having in my life, but I do have it often. So um, welcome to JK's free session where I use the <laughs> brains of the organization, Dr. Fiona, to help me get over some of the stuff that I am um, suffering from. So uh, I just thought I'd take you through um, what the last hundred days has been like for me. Um, so I've been incredibly scared. And that was the first few days. Um, I've been frustrated. I've been angry. In fact, I'm really pleased that my television does not record some of the stuff that I'm saying. Um, I've been happy. I've eaten too much. I've drunk too much. I'm even apprehensive. Um, I stopped one day. I just couldn't be bothered doing anything. Didn't want to get out of bed. Groundhog day has been a big part of what's, uh, What's been happening? I'm zoomed out, people. Like, um, couldn't believe it. I've had to make peace with myself. I've had to have a few extra things in my day that have helped me get through it. Um, but today we're talking about anxiety because as soon as I got a date, when especially with Auckland, and welcome if you're just not from Auckland, because I think the anxiety is shared by everyone. There's burnout anxiety. There's all sorts of different anxiety. So when we sort of flip from going, okay, here comes the future, I went to, oh no, what do I do now? What do I do now, Fiona? Because, um, you know, my life before, and you can put this in your own terms, right? Like, what do I do when I get on a plane? You know, what do I do if I forget my mask? Shit, and I need to go and get and buy something. Um, I left the house the other day and thought, oh, do I need my phone now that I've got my pass on it? Um, are people going to be nice to me when I'm from Auckland? <laughs> I go to the beach. Um, what do I do with my friends? Do I hug? Like, do I fist pump? What do I do? Do I ask permission? Um, what do we do in the workspace? How do we deal with leading this? How do we make things as, as normal as we can? So today is actually just about discussing some of those things, getting some of those strategies in place. Um, I haven't spoken to, to Fiona about it, although we work together because I wanted to sort of, um, you know, really get into today. If you've got any questions, just make sure that you chuck them in the, in the, in the Q&A or the chat or whatever you do, and we'll try and answer them as we go rather than wait till the end. So, so is it normal for me to be anxious? I would be surprised if you were not. And that's not because we talk a lot about how we feel. I think everyone right now has natural levels of anxiety because, you know me, love to go back to the brain, but remember the amygdala and the limbic system is trying to keep everything safe for us. So there's a part of our brain that's in the re reactive brain that is designed to basically keep us alive. And in the COVID situation that we're in, that amygdala is firing a lot. So it means that we are probably in a state of arousal or in fight or flight consistently. Because honestly, normally when we're anxious about something, we will have fight or flight that's triggered because 
unfortunately for us, that amygdala can't tell if we're having a thought or a worry or a memory or something that's happening right now because the amygdala is designed to respond to thoughts and worries. And so um, on top of that, COVID actually is a life-threatening situation. So often we worry about sort of things that maybe aren't really life-threatening, but they're concerned, they're enough to put us in fight or flight. The amygdala sends a signal to the hypothalamus, which is an, also in the reactive brain. And it basically means we've got adrenaline and cortisol all the time pumping through our body. And what we need is plans and strategies for our reflective brain to tell our amygdala that everything is fine. So right now we're in a situation of going, um, my brain is designed to keep everything certain and all I can see around me is uncertainty. I don't know if I'm going to the beach where the people are gonna be annoyed at me for being an Aucklander. I don't know, are we, I know that we have to catch public transport sometimes, but we have to wear a mask, will I be safe? Or what if I don't really love the idea that, that the masks are giving me acne? I've been talking to people about that. There's so many things on so many levels that are introducing a level of uncertainty and worry and concern for people. So I think the first thing to do is say, if I'm feeling a level of concern right now, our brains are wired for responding as a fight or flight response to any level of uncertainty in the environment. So to answer your question quickly, it would be weird if you were not anxious right now. So then we're just talking about what to do, right? Yeah, totally. So if, I, if I've named it, and we've all named it, re-entry anxiety, right? How do I disconnect that from a normal anxiety? Um, and there's some couple of questions I'll, I'll get there first. I'll get there in a second, people. But like, for example, in the last lockdown, um, I haven't been back to a gym and I don't feel like swimming in a pool. And I don't know whether I should show courage and go, well, okay, JK, that's just a hangover from COVID or whether I should just accept it. So where does the courage part come in? I think one of the things you have to identify is what's bothering you the most right now. And so re-entry anxiety, which is really the anxiety that we have about going back to some form of normal, there are lots of reasons that you might be finding it um, unsettling. One might be you've basically been at home for a few months and you're actually feeling a little overwhelmed at the idea of actually seeing people again. So that's the sort of social anxiety that we're seeing more and more. And that is very common if you've spent some time by yourself. Actually, even for people who are extroverted, it feels confronting to go back into a situation like the gym where you're around people. So that might be something that's causing you anxiety. Or is it the anxiety of going to the gym because you're worried about hygiene practices, because you're actually worried about the virus? There are very many reasons why we might be anxious right now. And isolating what the main thing that's concerning us is important because the answer or the antidote to this kind of anxiety is having a plan, having a plan that matches the things that we're worried about, because the amygdala will be responding to the worry. If we have a plan around the worry, what happens is the worry transfers from the fight or flight system to the reflective brain. So that's what we want. So when you're talking about going to the gym, what do you think that concern is about? I have no idea. I haven't been able to identify it. That's the, that's the whole thing. And there's a couple of questions here which are probably similar. Um, one person has said they're nervous about going back into the office, and we'll talk about it in a sec. But um, how do we deal with people who don't wear their masks properly? It drives me nuts. And then David said, I'm with Olivia. So many people are wearing masks, totally wrong, particular on buses. I mean, those that stuff's out of our control. So how do we not start getting anxious when... 
because I think my other fear is when I said, you know, are people going to be nice to me when I go to the beach from Auckland? It's the same thing, you know, when you're wearing or not wearing a mask, you're too scared to say something in certain case there's an adverse aggressive reaction. So what do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, so I think that comes down to, the, to that plan. Um, so there are some things that you can do if it's in the workplace, for instance, um, what I would suggest is that you make sure that your workplace has a plan around mask wearing and that then your plan of attack at that point is then you go and talk to HR, whoever is responsible, because actually that's about keeping us safe. If it's on public transport, then there are some options that you can. Um, we've got a lot on our bus drivers right now. So I understand um, it might be weighing up. So you might be talking to a bus driver or it might be that you're weighing up what you can do right now. Does, do you want to approach someone? And I think you're right, JK, most of us are a little concerned about people's reactions. I have done this where I've been in a situation where someone has not or taken their mask off to have a conversation. Um, I have said to my husband very loudly, this, I don't feel safe when people take their mask down. I wish people would understand that it needs to be over their mouth and their nose. So I didn't have the conversation to them, but I had a conversation to my husband loudly and that person actually did raise their mask. Um, I felt like I'd talked to them, but I hadn't. But that's not necessarily the plan for every, every day. So what you think about is what can you control right now? What you can control is your mask. Make sure your mask, your mask is, is fitting properly, that you've got your hand sanitizer, that if you're worried about public transport and maybe you have an idea to, to walk more because that's actually something that's concerning you. If it's going to a gym and everyone's meant to be wearing masks, then you know it is okay to go to management and say, I... I'm worried that people are not wearing their masks properly because this is about your life. This isn't just a silly niggle. I think what we do is we do this thing in our head going, am I being unreasonable? Is it okay for me to bring this up? Because as human beings, particularly Kiwis, we, we all want a quiet life. So you, we tend to, to not discuss it. But I think in this situation, it's perfectly reasonable to talk to whoever's in charge of the establishment and say, I don't feel comfortable. People are not wearing their masks properly. And it might be for establishments to actually have things on the wall to say, it's not just mask wearing, it's wearing masks properly. There's another one here, which I think is quite a good one. So what do we need to do to stop the panic coming in um, when people aren't social distancing? Well, for a start, social distancing, the panic, there's one thing, there are two things. What do you do in that situation? One is if it's in places like, I've been in the supermarket and I just step away. I'm like, I, I, I very, it's me, you know, I'm old enough and ugly enough to just actually make quite a show of that. I step right back. It's like, you know, you've come into my space. They will know I haven't said anything. But, but the other thing to do is if you're really feeling panicked, step away and then just breathe. And sometimes it's a little harder in a mask. So my, um, I, I spent some time in the States where mask wearing is actually really common. And I was worried about that. But after a while, you get really used to it. And I was actually practicing deep breathing in my mask, making sure that I'm regulating my breathing, making sure, um, and I'm, I'm listening to my body because I know that these situations, particularly as we re-enter gradually or we re-enter after a period of time, it's likely that you're feeling a little bit anxious. So breathing, spending some time. Um, I listen to podcasts when I'm in the supermarket, which is my time where I'm around people because we're not back in the office yet. And so that that keeps me sort of regulated. So I'm listening to something. Often a stress circuit breaker is to take your attention away slightly. So I step away 
and I maintain the distance and I'm listening to a podcast that just maintains my 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 um, equilibrium and I'm breathing even though I practice in a mask because that can make it a little bit harder yeah and there's another one just about how, how you cope when you go to a shop and there's lots of people everywhere and you're thinking someone in the shop could have COVID um, that's when you get home and you're feeling well you automatically think it's COVID and then you panic I think what I what I do um, is a combination of what um, what Fiona just said I just avoid um so if there's too many people i just don't go i'll go back a little bit later on and the 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 second thing i do um is i just try and avoid the 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 crowds that makes sense um and then i go back i i'm 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 not statistical at all dr fiona will tell you i'm terrible with numbers and that sort of stuff but i know that i'm double vaxxed I know if I've got my mask on and I wash my hands, then I'm, I've got control as much as I can. Um, and so I try and believe the science rather than the bullshit, right? So they tell me that if I wear a mask and if I wash my hands in those situations and if I stay a meter away, I'm dramatically dropping those, those um, moments. And then I've also been at a site of interest and didn't get it. So that's yeah. also helped me, you know. Um, and I think that's really cool. But this is a really big one. Um, this is a really big one for business. This is a really big one for... So how do we deal with family, friends, family slash friends who are anti-vax and are causing uncertainty of how to engage and not cause a rift or offence? It's really interesting that 92% of us are vaxxed and we don't say too much, but those that are anti-vax are pretty keen to tell us that we should be vaxxed. Where I say to this to an anti-vax, um, like that's your choice your opinion I'm not God or Allah I'm not going to judge you but you can't judge me either and the rules are a bit more towards vaxxed at the moment that's probably why I got vaxxed right that's how yeah. I deal with it yeah I mean it, it's hard I'm a science communicator anti-vaxxing is one of those things that um, I talk to now if you've got someone in your family and I know that there are rifts being caused it's, it's very difficult right now particularly if you've got people who have immune compromised and you've got someone in the family who's 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 been frightened by some misinformation about vaccination. So I think having those conversations respectfully, that's really important. If, if you want to hear why people feel the way that they feel, um, as a science communicator, what I know is that telling somebody that they're wrong and that they're crappy and they should follow the science does not mean that someone goes, oh, okay, I'll mm -hmm. change my mind now. That's not the way to have those conversations. I think to come at it from a point of compassion to understand that no one is turning up to be a dick. No one is trying to make your life hard. But sometimes it might be that actually their choices are impacting your public health. And that is a, that is a reality. So if you're having the conversation, be respectful. You're more likely to make inroads if you listen and understand where people are coming from understand that there are some really good science sites like we recommend the um, Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners have some really good vaccination facts because there's so much misinformation out there so saying to someone that you love in your family saying here's where the, the good the good information comes from I understand that you've been hearing some different stories I'm not going to judge you, but I'm also not going to tell you in a really um, dramatic fashion how wrong you are, because if we want people to change their minds and follow the science, and I want people to follow the science, I understand that there's a lot of misinformation out there and no one is trying to get it wrong. So again, 
really tricky, really hard. But in the end, if you're, it's about your health. So sometimes you have to make decisions about your health. And I, I've done that in my family. There are some rules I have about keeping my kids safe and keeping my family safe. And in the end, that's all I can do because that's what matters to me. Here's a good one. I know you're really passionate about it, Fiona. So you'll enjoy this question. I work in an uh, intermediate school in South Auckland. As such, half of our students cannot be vaccinated as they are under 12. We are dealing with not only anxiety in students, but high anxiety in staff. And I know that you love, and you often talk how sometimes we talk about ourselves, but also helping people with anxiety and especially kids. I mean, how would you deal with that? I think with anxiety with kids, you know, um, giving, hearing them, understanding anxiety manifests in kids in very different ways. Sometimes you notice your child's anxious because they're not sleeping well. They might be acting out at school. They might be um, finding it hard to regulate emotion. These are all signs that they are anxious. And how could kids not be anxious right now? You know, this is on the telly. People are talking about it. They're getting mixed messages. But also there are communities that have been really impacted by COVID. So they're hearing really scary stories. And also, they may be impacted within their own family. So as teachers and in schools, listening and hearing kids, giving kids an opportunity to talk about their concerns is really important. Understanding that actually kids can look as though everything's okay, but underneath it all, they're a little anxious. So what I suggest is that with your own children, uh, giving them a plan for their own, taking control of their own health. So they're under 12, they can't be vaxxed, but they can wear a mask. They can um, clear their spaces, keep their spaces clean. They can have some uh, their own strategies around how they keep themselves in terms of the way that they interact with others. The more that we give children some, or kids or young people, some level of control over their environment, that is some way of managing anxiety because half of this is beyond their, most of it's beyond their control. And the other is being the ear to listen because when we talk, when we talk about how we feel, it moves it from the amygdala, the limbic system, into the reflective brain. It allows children to come up with their own coping strategies and talk about your own vulnerabilities. If they're feeling anxious, one of the things that you can do, and you can speak to this, JK, about how, if you open up about how you're feeling a bit anxious, that can lead the way for people around you, right? Yeah, and I think um, the, the thing I learned very, very early in the piece is just talking about that anxiety um, completely changes the strategy that it has in my head so it doesn't manifest into a monster um, and then I think the other thing is I keep coming back to the worry map which is in Mentimere um, I keep coming back to that and I do it so often it's incredible and that's what I can control what I can't control what I can do and what I can't do um, but I actually sit and write it out right um, and then I think the last thing that it really is important is I make peace with myself. Um, I spoke about it the other day, you know, with all those emotions, I, I do what I call sit with those emotions. So um, I call it the AAA battery. Um, Love it. And I made this up, by the way. So, but, you know, with your AAA battery, the most important thing for me is that you acknowledge, Right. You acknowledge that you've got that anxiety. Firstly, you're aware. And I think that's the first questions I asked um, Fiona. You know, I'm aware that COVID is causing this. That's, that's your first A. That's perfect. Okay, so I've got a reason. And I have a justified reason. When I was really unwell, 
it was for it was for a long time I thought I was going nuts with my anxiety because I didn't acknowledge that some of the things in my life I needed to change so that was a really important thing. um so you're aware a you acknowledge okay cool I've got this and it's from this and this is the situation that I got again you can take any of those questions you got today and then watch my action. That's my AAA battery, right? Um, if I don't do those three things, my battery gets really low and my resistance starts to, to falter or my anger, or all those other emotions that I spoke about um, start to take off. So that's what I do. I do the three A. Now my action plan, I then also go, so this is sort of a two birds with one moment, then I'll go to my worry map, okay? Okay, this is what's happening. If you put, it, put, it, put the supermarket one in there, okay? What can I control? What can't I control? What can I do and what can't I do? And a lot of the questions that you're asking me, I will put that in. But I also try and anticipate. There's another A. Is there a, is there a quadruple A battery? Yeah, I think um, it was, yeah. Yeah, Probably not. But I try and anticipate. So if I know to the supermarket, if I know I'm going to the supermarket, I know there might be someone who's aggressive there because the supermarket people told me. Um, you know, I know there'll be a guard there that might, wants me to scan. Um, I know that I might possibly forget my my mask so but so i try and anticipate those things and that takes the stress out of it right um and so i think the triple a is is really really important for me but if i heard you rightly um fiona around the school and i don't know i know that you love an acronym and you'll have one for the workplace but in school actually have a session with the kids where you say this is what we're doing to help ourselves protect against covid might be washing your hands or you know, whatever that looks like. And and so that'll give them a feel a little bit more control. Is that yeah. correctly? So I was, we always talk about communicate. So if you're going into the workplace, you've got people coming in and there are leaders on this call or you're running a school. I think that the fourth thing, I call it the CALM. It's an acronym for helping employees or school kids coming into school manage re-entry anxiety and the first is communicate the plan schools will have plans you'll have plans around masking you'll have plans around how many kids are in a classroom you've got plans so tell your kids tell them what the plan is if you're leaders or you're in a workplace and you're in the HR talk about the plan because people are in a vacuum, we make it up. We're going, what's going to happen? I know that at Mentoneer, we've had been really clear about what we're going to do because people are anxious right now. So saying we're going to have days in the office, it won't be a full, it won't be everyone coming in at once. You'll be on these days and not these days. Um, giving people some choice around the, the public health saying, if you are really concerned, you can work from home. We've got a plan. And people need to hear what that plan is. So the first C of CALM is communicate the plan. And A is ask about challenges and concerns. So asking our kids or asking the people at work, because everyone's got different challenges. It could just be, if I'm at home, I've got small children, my husband's been called back into the office and now I'm coming in three days a week, but my kids need to be home. There'll be all sorts of reasons why people have got some concerns. It could be challenges around childcare. It could be challenges around public transport. You know, I, I can't get into work, but I don't feel comfortable using public transport. Actually having those conversations allow people to work through what's going on for them. And as a leader, as people, as, as schools, principals, teachers, managers you start to hear what's going on for people 
they will start to work through their own action plan because the idea is once you've heard those challenges or concerns, we can help them, but also it allows them to go, well, actually, these are the things that I could do. The L is listen for understanding. Often what we do is move to solutions before we've heard what's going on for people. With kids, for instance, they don't necessarily, it might take them a while to actually identify what's going on for them. They don't necessarily know what it is. They could just be worrying because mum and dad are worrying, or they might be worrying because they're hearing stuff on the news or on social media so listen for understanding so we figure out what's actually going on in those people's lives and m is model the plan if we are the leaders if it's in the schools and we're the teachers it's no good telling the kids to wear masks and social distance or or to have plans that we don't follow and because we're always looking for the people around us to show so if you are going to wear a mask and half of you are wearing them under your nose that be aware that that's going to cause anxiety for others I think part of what we have to do now is think about ourselves in terms of how we're modeling it for the world which means that even if you're not anxious remember that there are people around you who are so if you're you're not worried about social distancing think about the people that might be concerned about it and that can actually help everyone if you're just thinking walking in someone else's shoes can be helpful so that's model from the calm love that calm um yeah i think i think a couple of things really resonated with me there is that um you know, like the, some of those people that are wearing their mask wrong won't even have thought about it because they just don't give a shit. Not they don't give a shit because they'll have anxiety about something else. Yeah. Might be financial or what. And I think that's the hardest thing to deal with at the moment. There's three really similar questions here. Um, one talking about post-traumatic um, to, to visits the hospital. Another one for people who are suffering from OCD, scared of COVID and germs. And an anomalous question, agoraphobia. And it seems to have got worse with COVID now, if you're scared, even when people open the door. I just, I'll just tell you what I do um, very, very quickly is I think sometimes we forget to congratulate ourselves on what we have done. Um, and I think that's really, really important in this situation. So what I tried to do when I was really unwell is flip it on it. See, I remember one day I couldn't get out of bed. Um, I was so messed up with anxiety and depression. And I got to the front gate and back right now for someone that should be running out on a rugby field driving his car living life um when i did that i felt like a loser because i only got to the gate and back but then i spoke to my psychiatrist and they said well that was awesome you know you're unwell at the moment and you got to the gate and back and so once i started thinking like that and i know uh, post-traumatic is, is really really different and so is ocd and so is agoraphobia but just try and keep congratulating yourselves on what you are doing because there'll be a hundred things that you are doing that's the only non-professional advice i have that's lived experience but not with some of those issues fiona yeah. so what do you think yeah, so we've got a rise in things like agoraphobia and OCD. OCD is tricky because a lot of it's hand-washing stuff that we're asking people to, to, to do some rituals that actually can be um, overwhelming when that's something that you're, you're, you have some tendencies. So if you're talking about OCD, what I would say is what you're trying to do is break circuit breaker stuff. Um, try to make sure that you are reassuring yourself that I've washed my hands. I know this is easy to say. I've washed my hands. I don't need to do any more. It's having that internal dialogue. And um, when we're panicked, which is often uh, the high anxiety around agoraphobia and OCD, 
one of the tips that I have is try and drink some iced water. The moment that you're starting to feel overwhelmed, starting to go back to some of those rituals that make you feel um, well, drink some really cold water. Because when we're in panic, what happens is we get something called vasoconstriction, which means that our blood vessels are constricting which is part of fight or flight, and it makes us really hot. So it's part of that anxiety. We can short circuit with a cold glass of water, and I keep my chill in, with me with ice in it at all times. With agoraphobia, which is happening more and more with that idea that actually being outside when I've been in my bubble is so overwhelming. I talk about gradual exposure. So don't try and just fix it all at once. Go easy on yourself. A lot of people are really finding it hard to go out into the public right now and a lot of small kids are finding it hard because they've been at home start slow go easy so walk to the end of the road and come back home and then the next day you're going to the end of the road and round the corner because your brain needs to actually understand it's safe and if you go all at once it's boom and bust so the important thing is what you were saying jk about congratulating yourselves or or or, or celebrating yourself so important because you're incredible you're amazing human beings we're doing well this is hard so go easy on yourself be kind stop telling yourself you shouldn't have these things say anxiety is normal my body is just trying to keep myself safe my brain is keeping me safe this is a normal response I'm going to do things that I need to do to make give myself that sense of control and that might be just gradually integrating back to a new normal just taking it slowly, not boom and bust, just slowly and remind yourself, this is my brain trying to keep me safe. This is normal. I'm okay. I'm awesome. Here's a real good one because it probably um, relates to me. I'm anxious about the onslaught of Aucklanders arriving in Northland in 15 days or Bay of Plenty. That's me. How do I stay safe and be polite? I really just want them to all stay at home. You're not going nice. to answer that one? We're nice, We're nice people. I think um, I think it's up to us also to try and respect um, what what uh, you know what the locals are doing. I mean, I've been going to the beach all my life, and I know pretty much everyone at least in my street. But the most important thing is, I think that we need some rules around what respect looks like. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing all those things to keep everyone else safe. And, you know, being vaxxed, wearing our masks, making sure we stick to the laws, I think is really, really important. Um, and I think, I think the way I looked at it, so I flipped it, I'd, I'd probably be a bit more conservative in the first few days. And then once everyone's sort of got used to this new life, we'll know where it's about to sit. Um, I think it's impossible. It's been horrendous for Aucklanders. Um, you know, and I think it's impossible to keep the borders. I think we need to um, unify again, but I do understand your stress, but I don't really have too many answers rather than maybe um, I'm hoping that everyone that goes up there is going to do the right thing. They won't have COVID. They'll, they'll, uh, they won't add to the problem. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a hard one. I think there's a, um, there's a real anxiety around it. And I think identifying that anxiety and doing what we said before, you know, have a plan for yourself. Have yep. a plan for yourself. There's going to be an onslaught. I'm pretty sure there's going to be an onslaught, but that should die down and it should settle after a little while. And then I think we'll all get into this, this new norm. Um, how do I manage the anxiety of kids when they're asked to stay home and do a COVID-19 test as they're identified as close contact? Yeah, I mean, well, one, my heart 
goes out to you because I, I think, you know, that that's a really anxiety provoking situation. So again, it's about having those conversations to say, you know, we're having a test to keep everyone safe. It's about um, having a plan. This is going to be something that if we test right now, we're going to know and we've got a plan around it. If it does happen as a, as a family, as a family unit, we are going to do this together and normalizing the, the anxiety. The thing about a lot of those tests and I've had them, you know, had to have them as well is that often they can come back pretty quickly and hopefully we're going to get those rapid antigen tests, which will make it even more quick. But understanding that, um, it is normal to have those feelings. So explaining, yeah, you're going to feel a little bit anxious right now, but if, if, it's, if it's positive, this is what we're going to do as a family. This is how we will manage it. And we are going to be, it's reassuring them. It's, it's going to be okay. And I know that feels like, well, how do I know it's going to be okay? Because you might be thinking it's not going to be okay. But what you do have is a plan. And the reality is everyone is going through this right now. And I've had children in the States. JK has got kids in the, um, Italy. They've been living through this for a while now. And it just becomes rapidly more normal. And we will get there in terms of um, understanding that this is actually going to be a little bit more our normal. And it's not that it's going to feel safe, but it will feel safer. But right now it's feeling really overwhelming because it's it's so new to us. So I think what JK was just talking about before about going away and being showing respect, I think that is the way that we handle this is understanding that people around us have anxiety. So being conscious of it, being respectful and having our own plan for our family. What are we going to do? Thinking about it in advance and then communicating that plan. I know I sound like a broken record, but having plans really takes it away from the limbic system into the prefrontal cortex. And often if you're someone who's anxious, sometimes a plan feels overwhelming. It feels like if I've got a plan, I'd rather, if you're an avoidant coper, someone who avoids that's difficult, but actually what a plan does to the brain is it reassures everyone it reassures you it reassures your kids it reassures the people around you i've just written that down an avoidance coper i might be one of those Me too. Um, yeah we've got we've got an anonymous question about um people coming into your house at christmas time what you're going to do and i i um i'm going straight back to fiona's calm you know you've got to start now um communicating what your rules are if it's in your house for christmas you know, um, we're really fortunate in our family. We've told everyone um, and everyone's vaccinated. So we're going, okay, on Christmas Day, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, it's not normal people. This is, we're not going back to our normal life. So I think that helped me um, drop some of my anxiety because I want to go back to just driving down the beach every weekend and doing this and doing that. But I can't, I want to be able to get on a plane and go and see my son. Now this, and this is another thing I want to ask you about, this Omnicron bullshit. I mean, just when we think things are coming normal, then we get all this information. And, and I spoke to someone yesterday, they said, well, we know nothing about it yet, so we should just stay calm. So I took okay. that advice. I'm going to stay calm. But how do we, how do we, do you agree with me that, you know, let's not treat this as normal. You know, the, the people have got Aucklanders coming in. Um, you know, we understand that. We have to stay kind, show respect, reciprocal. The second thing is get an early plan, especially if you've got Christmas um, with extended families, which Kiwis love doing. Would you have any other advice on that too? You know, I know the difficult questions, but ones that we have to answer, right? This is not normal. So we no. can't act normal. And then Christmas morning, you know, Uncle Bob, shit, Uncle Bob's not vaccinated. What are we going to do? got kids mm. in the family well 
you know, confrontation time. Yeah. So have a plan around that communication early, communicating your plan early so that people know. Um, and always, there, you know, sometimes these things, Uncle Bob does rock up and he's not vaccinated or he's preferred not to say. We can have those things. So communicating early so that you can actually um, cope with or address some, some issues. And the, the, the Omicron issue, what I would say is the way to deal with this new unsettling information is to reassure yourself we don't know anything yet. We don't know. We haven't got all the facts. So right now, as far as we know, it's not in New Zealand, right? So that's one thing that we reassure ourselves. We're giving ourselves time. We'll know more in two weeks. So the brain will rush ahead. The brain is designed to keep us safe. So we will start to catastrophize to an uncertain future. What you have to do is remind yourself going back to what can I control? Well, or what, what can I do? And right now, what do we know? We know we don't know much. Um, I've had this conversation with my husband. So he was the one who said, you know, it's two weeks, Fiona. Two weeks, we won't know anything for two weeks. I'm like, oh, that's right. So let's worry about that or let's have a plan for that when it comes. Right now, what do we know? We're going to the traffic light system. Nothing is changing. We've listened to what our public health advice is, which is business as normal, which is not normal, but what we're doing right now. And that is not something we need to be concerned about right now. There will be plans. We'll make a plan for that when we know more. And that's all we can do with our brains right now is what do we know? What can we do? What can we control? And then focus on that. And honestly, what happens to the brain is the limbic system calms down because a plan means that our prefrontal cortex, our prefrontal, uh, our reflective brain is in charge. So that's the easiest thing to do. When I say easy, not that easy, but probably the best thing to do. There's, um, so I've been dealing, so Fiona and I've been doing a whole lot with, with businesses through Mentimeer and Beard. It's been amazing. And what I'm loving about leaders is they know they know that um, they don't have all the tools for this. This is one out of the box. So there's a couple of questions there about, you know, people deciding to be dicks and, and do stupid stuff outside work hours. You have every right to go to your manager and say, look, I don't mention, you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but coming back to that, communicate the plan, right? People need to know that the way they're acting to keep their jobs needs to be um, a little bit more aware. You know, and that's going to be pretty hard when you're 18 to 23, right? Because I did some dumb things as well. didn't really give a shit about a whole lot of stuff. So, you know, it's going to be really hard. But once that, once that plan has been communicated, everyone's got to buy into it in the workplace. And I think that's really important. But then in the workplace, it needs to be adaptable and adjustable very quickly. So you have to communicate that as well. Right, here's the plan team. But hey, this is COVID, you know. We, we don't know what's going on, but here's our plan. We'll keep revisiting it, keep communicating it, way we go. And I think those things, um, you know, are really, really important for keeping everyone just on the same level, right? Um, and then once again, um, just need to anticipate. I wouldn't be having a conversation when things happen. I'd be having conversations in anticipation. And that's just about the next question. It's really hard to see friends make statements about but not being anti-vaxxed and then they get pissed off um, when you don't invite them for drinks right so I yeah. think I think there is there is a real passive way to do that look I appreciate and I understand your decision however my decision is this and for the safety of my friends and family we have all decided that um, if you're not vaxxed then right at this moment um, you know you're not welcome and then you'll have to make a decision if they turn up with a you know, with a, with a, with a, um, you know, with a 
form that says that they can do that. But if you make those decisions, those people have to respect them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's really important. Like I say, I respect everyone. I, if you're if you're anti-vax or you are uncertain, then I'm not going to judge you. However, I've made my decision, and I've made a decision on how I think I can keep people safe. I'm not God. I'm not Allah. I'm not Jacinda. I'm not anyone. This is for me and my little bubble because that helps my anxiety. Um, yeah. And so those things are, I think, to be anticipated. So tell everyone now before the, before it gets down to, oh, shit, you've got your Christmas party. See you tomorrow night. Nah, <laughs> sorry. I think that, that as human beings right now, um, one of the things that we've forgotten is there are consequences for our actions and for our consequences for our or non-action. So we can be respectful of others' choices, but when someone makes a choice that might impact on your health, and I know I've, I've seen questions here about, you know, really close family members and they want, you want to feel like you're going to see them at Christmas, but now because of this decision, you might not. I think it comes down to um, physical health and safety. And so um, the communication isn't, I'm, t I'm, I'm not respecting your choice. It's saying your choice has an impact. And the impact for me is I, will, I can't see you right now. I'm not telling you you have to do this, but there are always consequences. This is being a human being, being an adult, is that when we make choices, there are consequences. And that's how I frame it. And you know, there are people in my family where I've had to have that conversation as well, and say that this is about some, I'm going to be respectful, but I'm also going to say in terms of um, there is a consequence for that. And we are doing this in workplaces right now, so to keep everyone safe. There's a, there's a, a principle of utilitarianism, which is the greatest good for the greatest number. And it, that's okay. That's okay if that's your philosophy. It doesn't mean you're not respecting someone else. It just means that that's where you're coming from. So have your plan. And I know that sometimes it's going to feel hard, but be really strong in the idea that what you're doing right now is about keeping yourself safe. These are not, these are real, real issues. And so I, my heart goes out to you um, right now if you're having problems within your family. I know that's really tough. But in the end, stay true to that idea that you're actually keeping yourself and your loved ones safe. And that's okay. You're allowed to do that. And workplaces are doing the same. It's pretty tough, but it's okay. I mean, I, I don't know where I've got this from, but I remember some sort of scene in a movie saying, the truth will set you free, you know. Um, and unfortunately, it's really, really hard now to go to a source of truth, right? I have no idea where to go for actually the correct science, for the correct news, for all this sort of stuff. And that makes life incredibly difficult, right? So I don't know where to go for the truth. I don't know, you know, you hear 50 stories in a day and that adds to our anxiety, right? So what, what I'm talking about at the moment is controlling what I can control, right? Yeah. And I'm and, just going to believe, actually, I'm going to believe, and this is my choice, you don't have to do this. I'm going to believe Dr. Fiona, I'm going to believe um, what Ashley's saying, and I'm going to take that as my truth because yeah. that keeps me anxious free yeah. or anxiety free. And I think that what we have to do is look at it from a common sense point of view. There are There's a lot of science out there and the science is pretty consistent. So if you're worried, I again, go to the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners site. We'll give you the facts around vaccinations. I'm not expecting anyone on this call to be an expert on vaccines. Now, I have a PhD from the School of Medicine. Not everyone has that. 
So I understand there's a lot of misinformation. So I do urge you, if you want to know about the science, is sometimes go to those trusted sites and look. Um, and that's reassuring to me as well, JK, as I go to the people that I know, the experts, and it's hard to sometimes differentiate them. So right now, Ministry of Health is doing a pretty good job. And the New Zealand Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners doing a pretty good job. And as workplaces, sometimes we need to be able to refer people to those right sources. So that's the reason um, sometimes for, to reassure others within the workplace. That is a very good coffee, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> someone, someone just asked me about the AAA. And I just want to reiterate this. It's awareness, right? And some people have been saying, like, this is a COVID, this is a pandemic, people. I remember sitting with my beautiful Uncle Gordon. He went through the war. He used to tell me some of the stuff that happened in the war. And I was thinking, shivers. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. You know, no food. He was in a prisoner of war camp and all sorts of different stuff right? And that was a big thing in his life, right? He survived. And, you know, that's what our parents, if you're as old as me, and our grandparents spoke about the depression, World War One, World War Two, you know, we, we've been pretty good for the last 40 odd, 50 odd years. But this is big, people, we're living during a worldwide pandemic, right? And so you should be going, this is not normal. And that's okay. So how do I control that? So anyway, for me, the reason why I talk about a AAA battery is because when I don't do this, my battery wears down and I don't have as much resilience, as much energy, right? So I have awareness around what's happening and that's why this, this is about it. Everyone has, every. I'm giving you everybody the right to be anxious because we're in a pandemic, damn it. I don't know, you know, wearing all this sort of stuff is incredibly hard for us to deal with. So be aware of that. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it's COVID. You have every right to be scared to go to the door. You have every right to be angry sometimes with the person that doesn't want to wear his mask in the supermarket. That's okay. But if you acknowledge it and then have your plan, have the action, triple A, okay? Awareness. Acknowledge and then your action plan. Anticipate. Anticipate your Christmas party. Anticipate your trip to... Um, to the supermarket and then anticipate the Aucklanders coming to town because they're really good things to do. Have a little plan and you'll start to feel better. And I think that's really important. There was, a, there was someone's put something beautiful here um, about, you know, Dr. Ashley Bloomfield said, it's COVID's problem, not a people problem. And I think that's yeah. so true. So let's not yeah. blame people for this, this horrible moment that we're all in. I, I agree, couldn't agree more, JK. Um, let's be kind to ourselves right now. If you're feeling anxious, remember that is normal. Have some strategies around that. Go easy, gradual exposure if you're worried about going into the workplace right now. Treat it, it's just gradual exposure because our brains are treating that as though it's a real, a, a, it's threatening to us and it feels hard. So go easy, look after your body. Your self-care right now is really important prioritizing that having a bit of fun in your day jk just noticed how his coffee tasted delicious oh, brilliant give your busy minds a break because you're all awesome everyone out here as i said they're not getting up trying to be a dick you're all incredible you're doing your best so remind yourself pat yourselves on the back you're all amazing human beings that's tr and you're trying to do the right things every day so we know that about you so we want you to prioritize yourself your your, your self-care have a plan that you 
go early with your plan, communicate it to your kids and to the people around you and stick to it because sometimes you're going to feel, oh, I'm worried about others. No, stick to, stick, stick to the, your plan to keep yourself safe and um, make sure that you're doing something every day to have a bit of a laugh because you need to have some rest and respite as well. So I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish with stay calm, people right and that's not the normal calm as you used to think it was you know spreading your toes on the beach it's like Fiona said communicate your plan ask other people's opinions listen and understand and then model your plan so stay calm people it's been a real pleasure Dr Fiona you're a legend um, right back at I, you. I, send me the invoice I just got 45 <laughs> minutes of free advice which I love um and thanks to you all. Just remember, congratulations to us. We're living through a pandemic. Um, that's not easy. We're doing a great job. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, for that, we should all be really, really proud. So stay well, people. Have a great Christmas if we don't see you beforehand. Um, it's not going to be normal when you get back out there, but that's okay. We'll, we'll nail the new norm. We will. Mwah. Bye, all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Open Minded. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe. This podcast is everywhere you get your podcast, so make sure you do that. <laughs> I don't need to tell you how, and then you'll get my new episode straight away. And if you can leave a review, tell everyone you know about it, it'd be awesome. If you could help spread the word about the show, thanks. But also, I'd love to get your feedback. You know, I'm new to this. I want to get better and I want to know what you want to know about mental well-being. So please reach out to us and thanks and I'll see you all soon.